Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. I'm joined here with my co-host, Greg, and we've got a couple of stories to cover today. A uh, little good news, bad news. Um, we'll start off with the bad news. Uh, unfortunately, bad news is not hard to come by in crypto. Uh, we've been in a rough stretch here ever since um, really the broader equity market started selling off. One story that I wanted to talk about today with you, Greg, was uh, the whole episode with Solend, which is um, combination of Solana and Lend. It's their Solana-based borrowing and lending service. Um, the quick story here is that there was an account that parked about five and a half million Sol, which is the Solana native token, into Solend. And that's the whole way that this service works. You, you deposit collateral, in this case, Sol, and you can borrow against it. Um, well, after depositing that five and a half million soul, um, which represented, by the way, over 95% of the pool's deposits, a very large borrower had taken out a, over a hundred million dollar loan in stable coins, USDC and Tether, obviously far more than anyone else. Um, the issue is, is that as the collateral, the price of soul began to decrease, um, it really put the entire loan and really the entire pool and really the entire protocol into jeopardy. Uh, had the price dropped, um, there's about $21 million worth of soul uh, within the collateral that would have gone into liquidation. Uh, and Solend would have had almost no soul left. Um, so there was just a, a, a lot of people, a lot of users saw this coming. And as the price continued to drop, they wanted to do something about it. Um, because if they didn't, it probably would have crashed uh, Solend and it might have even uh, crashed Solana. So I can get into some of the reasons why people were specifically concerned, but the real controversy here is that in order to avoid this situation, um, they tried to convince the whale to move some money to another protocol. It didn't really work. Uh, they tried to enact some borrowing limits, some loan liquidation changes, but ultimately Ruder, Ruder the co-founder, introduced a pr proposal to actually take control of this very large whale account so that the collateral could then be liquidated in an over-the-counter, um, more you know, deliberate, organized manner so that it doesn't just all dump onto the market at once and take down the network, take down the price even further. Um, so ultimately, there was a huge amount of backlash because that goes against maybe every, a lot of crypto ethos, a lot of non-crypto ethos too about fairness and ownership. But um, curious what you think about their solution um, to take physical control of someone's wallet and act on their behalf. Uh, not a fan, <laughs> just to put it <laughs> simple. Um, I mean, I, I understand where they're coming from, whereas looking out for the health of the entire network but at the same time, like, this is DeFi, this is decentralized finance. It shouldn't be something where somebody is able to take control of your account. Like, that's the whole ethos of crypto is that you own it and it's yours and you can do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that just this kind of, like, again, I, I get where they're coming from. They don't want to crash an entire 2.4, whatever Solana's worth, billion dollar coin. But at the same time, like, does this kind of just destroy the whole picture of decentralization like that they had there is there if they can just do this then what's to stop them from taking money for other reasons i mean it's kind of that slippery slope where 
sure, this time it's a good reason, but what about the next time and the next time? And where does it kind of stop? Where, what, what level do they go to that they are, you know, it's going to be not a concern anymore, I guess is kind of my, my point is that it's sure this is a big loan. I mean, this is yeah, $108 million loan that he had. And it, like you said, it could completely, it would destroy the um, Solend platform and it would probably hurt Solana quite a bit, but still it's something where if it's going to survive, it needs to survive on its own, not because somebody is, you know, doing this kind of behind the scenes stuff to try to keep it around. Mm -hmm. I guess basically it's almost like a bailout they're trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Considering how existential of a risk this presents. I, I mean, the real issue here is that that risk controls probably weren't put into place on the front end. I talked about how exactly. they changed the borrowing limits and some of the liquidation rules. And, um, you know, you can't go back in time, but maybe, you know, it would have been better to have those done on the front end. Uh, and I mean, also, this is broadly also attributable to the huge amount of um, market cap that that's coming down across the space, including Seoul. Um, but yeah, I mean, this yeah, I mean really... Seoul was just to put it in perspective. Seoul was at two hundred and fifty dollars in late November, and is now no, trading at thirty dollars. So there has been quite a drop in price. Yeah, and the the magic number, this liquidation um, price is around twenty two dollars. I don't have the exact one in front of me, but it's about twenty two dollars. So that would be like what less more than a 90 percent drop from its all-time high so yes. yeah you know when things are going very well like they were last year nobody's really i thinking that much about risk controls and worst case scenarios but um we're living it now um one thing i wanted to also mention is this specific proposal which by the way was withdrawn uh because of a huge amount of backlash for a lot of the reasons you talked about uh this was a governance proposal, and so token holders could, you know, could go and vote on it. Um, it was a 24-hour notice, and the proposal barely cleared 1% quorum in the affirmative with about a 1.13% share of outstanding tokens. And 97% of those votes uh, voted yes. So what this kind of also is to me is um, it's – it's also a story about just um, bad governance because I understand that they're, they're, I was talking with Kem about some silk stuff and how they're organizing their structure and how, you know, you want to run these things through DAOs and give the community a chance to, to run these decentralized applications. That's the whole ethos. Um, but should 1% of people be able to make a change like this? Um, you know, but when you have to act quickly, can you wait longer than 24 hours? So there's some deeper questions. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the problem or the, the crux of the governance issue is if you need something like this where you have to act almost immediately in order to, you know, potentially save the platform or whatever, and you're trying to put forth a really quick governance poll on the weekend, like, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter what time it is, but this was on the weekend where they put this forward. And, you know, not everybody's paying attention. Like you said, it was 1% of the vote. And I actually saw something that most of the vote was from one single account that put forward a couple hundred thousand dollars and basically just voted yes. Cause, mm -hmm. but that's the only account that voted. So yeah, like you said, it's, it went through, but it went through because it was such a short poll. And I think they kind of realized that that's not right. 
Yeah. They chose to invalidate it. But then at the same time, then you're invalidating a legitimate government's proposal that you put forward. So that also is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. This almost seems like legitimate, but very poor governance. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's important to get that right now, but, um, a lot of, lot, very interesting story, kind of a lot of different ways we can pick this apart, but, um, why don't we slide over to some good news and what you brought for us today? Yeah, I just wanted one more little point. I think this really kind of shows what networks are decentralized and which uh, networks are kind of just acting like decentralized networks. You know, it's something like this is even possible to do is kind of scary. Not a fan of it. Yeah. Just wanted to say that, yeah. All right, so on to my news. Uh, DYDX, one of the largest um, dApps currently on Ethereum, is going to be launching their own chain on Cosmos SDK. And we'll be connecting to the IBC, the greater IBC uh, network. Um, so how much do you really know anything about DYDX at all? No, I was reading up on it last night. It looks like it's an order book. Uh, yeah, so, so it's a... It's a decentralized exchange for perpetual contracts. Um, perpetual contract is a special type of future contract, which is, uh, but it's kind of, it's not settled instantly. It's kind of, it's perpetual. So it continues to go. There's no exp- expiration date and the traders can hold their position for as long as they like. Um, they're really good for hedging, short exposure, leverage. They're mainly traded on centralized exchanges like FTX, Binance, KuCoin, but DYDX is the leading decentralized option. And because it uses smart contracts, you actually maintain all of your own assets without having to trust intermediaries. So again, that really goes to the crypto ethos of controlling your own assets. Um, Right now, they're on a Ethereum layer two called StarkNet. and while they have liked what StarkNet does, it doesn't have enough performance power to handle the throughput they need to run a huge order book. And also they have the problem of centralized sequencers, which are the things that kind of control the transactions between ETH and the L2. And that's always going to be a centralized risk of some sort of censorship that could happen. Um, the reason they're moving to their own chain, they want to scale up and become one of the largest uh, decentralized uh, exchanges and they really want to focus on the decentralization part where they can have their own validator set they can have their own chain and they can kind of control everything themselves and run their own platform and not have to worry about potentially having to if starknet chooses to possibly charge in the future or something like that where um, the nice thing about cosmos is it's completely open source so they can build on it they can stay in cosmos they can move they can do whatever they want they kind of are open and able to pivot and do what yeah you know kind of do what they want and have a lot more freedom now having their own chain um and i think this is going to be huge for cosmos because it's going to bring a lot of exposure both from ethereum people and from other people who are just looking to trade or to do i mean futures trading is huge it's one of the biggest um trading markets for crypto so i think this Mm -hmm. is going to be great for both cosmos and for the future of crypto itself so maybe can you help me understand perpetual futures a bit um or these perpetual contracts because it kind of made sense when it was talking about building a short position since you know it can be difficult to do that otherwise um 
But you can build a long position on a perpetual contract. But why would I want to do that instead of just owning the crypto myself? You know, that's a good question, Jake. I really don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm, yeah, um, it, I have. I don't. I'm, I guess I'm not a huge trader. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge trader, so I um, I'm not super read up on all of this stuff. But I guess yeah. So the the trades aren't settled instantly. The two counterparties trade a contract that defines the settlement at a future date. So I think it may just be something where, you know, I don't. I actually don't know. I I don't want to say anything that's wrong. So. Oh sure, yeah. So uh, so what is this? Um, what's the name? It's DYDX, right? Um, DYDX. Yeah. Are they? I I'm not familiar with their. Um, like them on Ethereum, are they a pretty big player over there? On they Ethereum? are the 17th largest um, DAP in crypto. Damn. Okay. So they're they are quite large, yeah. And I think that's one of the big reasons why they're moving is because they've gotten to the point where the L2, the layer two that they're on, can't provide enough throughput for them to continue to grow. So they were looking basically mm-hmm. they. Do they build their own L1 on a separate network? Do they go to Avalanche, Polygon, or do they come to something like Cosmos? There are a lot of options out there, and the fact that they chose Cosmos, I think, just kind of shows the strength of both the coding and the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, So I guess who do you think um, maybe stands to lose the most here? Because, I mean, we, we, you and I work, you know, we... We uh, kind of work and play around in the Cosmos uh, ecosystem a lot, and we we have a few, you know, AMMs and. Uh, but like, which of uh, which protocol already existing in Cosmos is probably like, oh shit, uh, got some competition now. Um, I don't. I know there are a couple order books being built because they're so they're a little different than like um, Osmos, which is an automated money market where you basically are buying at whatever the spot price is. With mm-hmm. DYDX, it's an order book, so you're putting in a an order at a certain price, and then when that price gets hit, you'll be able to purchase the um, contract. So well, they're – oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say I was uh, messing around with their um, – uh, watching some videos on some people using it, and yeah. I mean, it looks real slick. I guess, you know, as much as I love the whole IBC system that underpins cosmos which i think is maybe why i'm biased towards it um you know there's um sometimes seeing something with a ton of money behind it it reminds you that uh it almost reminded me of like the the polish behind like binance or coinbase yeah, pro right. um yeah it's pretty impressive so i'm excited well, i to think see that's them. what they're they're going for is trying to make that but decentralized yeah so you can, so yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be different than Osmosis or Crescent or some of those other um, AMMs where this is, this is going to be more an order book, more kind of a lot more options available to do. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot more things that you can kind of do with your money, I guess. <laughs> um, so I don't really know if there's a whole lot of downside within the Cosmos ecosystem. Honestly, I think the biggest loser, quote unquote, would be um, the theory that layer twos are the future because if uh, a big protocol like this is choosing to go on its own chain instead of staying on l2 that's that's a pretty big knock on i Mm. think on the future um expandability of l2s and what they can do 
Interesting. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, we're almost done on time. Uh, do you have any idea, like, timeline? Like, are they planning to launch on, like, a testnet? Or um, do you know, like, what's next for them? I believe, Cosmos? let me see. It looks like, I believe it was quarter... Yeah, so they are looking, they're looking to open source DYDX version four, which is going to be the one on Cosmos by the end of 2022. Okay. So we should be, be able to begin seeing something by the end of 2022 that they would, um, that they're going to begin releasing. Well, we're already halfway through the year, so. Um, right. Yeah. Very cool. I would assume nice. they've been working on this for a while. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, they probably just announced it to the public once they got all their ducks in a row, but it's probably something they've been working on for, a while, I would think. Yeah. Well, I will have to read up on some perpetual contract info, and um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on this one. I'm sure we'll circle back on it when it gets a little more further along. Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can definitely come back and kind of do an overview of it once they actually release something. Cool. Excellent. For sure. Well, we have a we have a link in the bio, so you can go through and uh, check out uh, DYDX for yourself. Also, we linked the story on Solend. Uh, but yeah, uh, good to talk to you today, bud. You too. Have a good rest of your day, Jake. Thanks. Yeah, we'll be back, uh, I think, tomorrow. So thanks, everyone. Yes, sir.